1: like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Price Picks. Coming at you Tuesday morning. It's February 27th. We've got Wolves beat writer Jace Frederick from the Pioneer Press here with us. Uh, this morning, Wolves we'll play the Spurs this evening. And in an episode, if you're maybe listening to this after the, the Spurs game on, on Wednesday morning, I kind of want to just talk about what do I, what do we need to see from this Wolves team over the final uh, 25 games of the regular season to really feel confident about a, a deep run into the playoffs? Um, we, we know that's a possibility. We know that's a possibility. It isn't a, a deep run as well. I want to get uh, Jace's uh, thoughts on that. How are we doing, Jace? I'm
2: thrown off. I thought we were going to do a deep dive, X and O's, on a um, game against an 11 win team. So I'll throw Here my like notes that. out the window, and we'll do what you want instead.
1: <laughs> oh, we could, we could do that. Uh, you can, you can look up the the on uh, Prize Picks how the Wolves might do against. Uh, there you go. The the eleven get winners. that ad rate knocked out. You know it. You really know it. everybody's still tuned in. Exactly. PrizePicks. Prize Picks app promo code Dane for one hundred dollars sign up bonus. I actually was I was looking this morning at some of the the Wolves Spurs uh, props for that game and two and a half turnovers. I think he might go more than two and a half turnovers against uh Wembanyama there. Or uh, maybe cat big game. I don't know. Well, uh maybe we'll talk about the Spurs game a little bit later. But Jace, my uh my thinking here uh to kind of assess the wolves and I don't know, try to diagnose how far we think they can go. we probably got to look at them like internally, right? Um and externally, like in the context of, of the Western Conference. Internally, we're we're looking at the offense, which we've talked about a ton that seems to be the one uh real needle mover but i don't think we should brush over the defense like i think the defense has been broadly uh, a lot better a lot more the teeth to it uh recently that can be something that could push you through could win you a round uh potentially or at least i want to talk about the idea uh, of that happening and then when we're talking about a deep run we're talking about beating a clippers team a nuggets team or a thunder team in in the second round likely that's gonna be required uh, to, to get to the Western conference final so we'll we'll run through sort of all of that but let's start um let's start with the offense uh February up until the all-star break they played seven games they were five and two best point differential in the league they blew a couple of games there um you could make the case up to the all-star break that the wolves were playing um, as as well as anyone and that was because the offense had finally sort of caught up uh, to the defense number one defense. In February up to the All-Star break, number four in offense. We've said that a few times. How uh, about these first two games out of the break, at least offensively? They haven't come back at that same level at all offensively. Where where are you just at in this? But I mean, we're just right now talking about the Bucks game and the Nets game, but broadly, where's your belief in in this offense and and what it can do and what it can be over these final twenty five games?
2: Uh feel like it's going to be more like what we've seen the majority of the season than what we saw in that stretch before all-star um mm-hmm. you know and i know like and and that's not like a death sentence for them i really don't think so you mentioned the defense like it's so good and we'll get to that but it's so good that i think you can win with a very average offense um mm-hmm. to what degree we'll find out uh um, it depends on how exactly how dominant the defense can be frankly but offensively i just think like there will be games there will be times where they find things where they really play with the correct you know, like ball movement, decision-making like quick, quick, quick. Uh, but I just think it's not in enough guys. Like it's not their status quo. Mm-hmm. It's not their MO, uh, to play that way to, to move, just to move, to cut, to screen, to create for others. It's just not who they are right now. And you can like pound it into their head and you can drill it into their head and you can find it for a few games. But I do think that it'll kind of regress to the mean at certain points. And they're so skilled that they can still like score points and win games. Um, enough offensively uh but i I just don't think that there are to a point yet I'd be surprised over this final third of the season into the playoffs like when things get harder uh mm-hmm. when defenses lock in more um that all of a sudden now they will like really start humming offensively like I, I I think like there are certainly some games in there like even against like the clippers where the offense looked pretty good um but I do think in general like a lot of the the good nights like the portland games like you know, like sure. Portland, like that's that's just paths of least resistance, and then that's when you're more likely. Like this is easy; I can make the right plays. Like mm-hmm. and oftentimes it's just getting off the ball because he's like, whatever. I don't care about scoring against Portland. <laughs> um, but but now like if you face a really good defense, and then like things get a little sticky because there's resistance, then somebody tries to take over. I just think that's more who they are at their core right now. Um, so I, I don't expect them to like hit some great new height offensively, but I think they can win a lot in spite of that
1: right it, it's a practice yesterday we asked mike, mike conley about this and i kind of it's kind of like the idea of whether or not this is a fatal flaw um in terms of your right into the playoffs or whatever and I, i'll play this clip here in a second but i thought it was interesting how we also compared it to the utah team and sort of their fatal flaw that year when they lost to the clippers and it was as, as mike says here it w- was the it was the thing they were worried about going into the playoffs. So that was their bugaboo during the season was playing against those smaller balls, switching defenses, and um, they kind of knew that that's what they were going to have to solve when when the playoffs came. They had some answers for it. They were injured a little bit, and obviously they ultimately lost to the to the Clippers there. But I think I think Mike gives really good perspective on the offense of like that gives me a little bit confidence in the idea that like they know it. Right, thank God they know it at this point. Like they, they should. But well, Mike knows it. Mike, Mike, Mike knows it. But I do broadly think it's sinking it a little bit more down the pecking order. Maybe the age curve of like they've started to lose enough. I think in some of these games where it's like, oh yeah, we do need to change this, and they're still not changing it every single night. But I do feel confident that it is being hammered home, and it's in their minds is it at the forefront of, of their mind. So I'll play this mic clip, and then we can talk about it a little bit more. Is it bizarre to have a 40-win to be the number one seed in the West and have this thing kind of
3: offensively that's been a kind of persistence level the whole year? Yeah, um, it is. You know, But like I tell everybody, like, all the teams that are up there in standings, number one, two, or three, they're all dealing with something. We're all in it in this in particular bubble, but I'm sure Boston has their thing. I'm sure Milwaukee has their thing. Like, this is our thing. Our thing is just trying to figure it out uh, offensively. We've been on other teams where we've been lead offensively and then defensively, there's just one thing that really bothers us and, and falls, we fall into it every every so often. So, um, you know, it's about trying to, you know, how can we balance it? How can we, you know, get our offense to a level where um, it's good enough? You know, to to compete late in the season and late in the playoffs. So, um, you know, I think we can still we can still get better at. It. Have you like have you drawn a past experience kind on of a different team you where you sort
1: of had that feel throughout the season? At end of the year, end of the regular season, you kind of found some answers for that that made you ready for the playoffs.
3: Yeah, um, I thought uh, in our Utah year, um, outside of our injuries, which were really kind of hurt us that year. Uh, we had figured some stuff out for the, the switching, you know, teams switched us and tried to get, play Rudy off the floor, or try to play super small ball. Or, uh offensively, we had, you know, figured out a way to to minimize the, the damage on that side and, and keep him in the game and keep our offense rolling. And, uh, you know, did we just, you know, I got hurt, Don was hurt. You know, we had a bunch of guys kind of out uh, going against the Clippers that year, and, and the Clippers are an elite team, so you can't can't have that happen. Um, and so it's the same same here. We're gonna have to deal with uh what we're dealing with on our offensive end and and, and how guys have uh you know, tried to evolve individually and uh and how their how their growth goes is how our you know our offense will continue to go. So um we just gotta continue to do it together and, and, and keep uh holding each other accountable on that end.
2: So Mike is saying that we figured it out. Like that Utah figured it out and then they got hurt. Um mike mike has said that before like i just got hurt in that clipper series and I, I i agree with him you know that obviously hurts them never mentions that Kawhi didn't play in that series no. <laughs> like yeah you didn't play neither did Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> but i you
1: know i understand it's it, it is it I, it I think about it from his perspective and it's like well even just right now like to, to be that vet and to understand, right. Obviously Mike has a very high basketball Q and S an experience and all this and to, to kind of, it, it must really grind his gears, you know, day to day credit to him mm-hmm. for kind of having a, a patience with that. But, you know, and I'm sure there's other experiences. If we kept talking to him longer, he could draw on something from Memphis, you know, this time or that time of knowing it's the issue that your team has and knowing it's the issue that you have to solve. So as to make, um, that that run in the playoffs. I, I think if there's any sort of silver lining about this, is there's no ambiguity with right. this Wolves team about what it is and what they need to do. And at least they have some experiences, some games, and even against not Blazers teams, right? Like good teams, yeah. Where they where they have done it, and they have, you know, they have moved the ball, they have moved their bodies. There hasn't been, you know, sort of that stagnation offensively or driving into crowd. All the things we know that that drives this team down i'm just it's still 25 games but i, I I'm, I'm trying to figure out in my head how much better it needs to get or how rarely these hiccups need to happen for me to still believe of it, believe it when the playoffs comes you know
2: I, and i think the problem with this um specific issue is that like if you're not doing it now I'm not sure how likely it is that you're going to do it in the playoffs when like teams are game planning significantly more. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're really locking in on certain matchups and whatnot uh, to like take things away. Um, And they're just defending a little bit Like everybody's defending a little bit harder. Even the wolves will defend a little bit harder. Sure. Uh, You know, so like, so if you aren't creating free flowing, quick decision offense in the regular season, um, even against some teams that just aren't that great, how likely are you to do it against better teams um, who maybe have better personnel, who are just really locked in on certain things and trying mm-hmm. to take things away and put you in difficult situations like that to me is like i don't know like if they face a team that switches i have seen nothing to suggest that i mean yeah. uh, that that them something will change and be positive um maybe like the last 6 minutes of that Brooklyn game like Finch said he's like "Ant started to cut that was good uh mm-hmm. you know like yeah. guys started to move uh, yes yeah. Yeah, so we moved bodies and then oh we got good shots um weird mm-hmm. uh so maybe like stuff like that maybe over a seven game series they would figure it out um but like I-, I think you have to see it really consistently to then have faith that when things get really tough and you face a lot of resistance in the playoffs that you will continue to do it um it, it the bugaboo thing is interesting because like i think that was my biggest revelation two years ago when they lost to memphis so i was like oh yeah they got knocked out by the two things that Right, that were the bug all year. Yeah, couldn't right. rebound and couldn't hmm. play late game offense. And to me, that's still where like this whole thing boils down to is like offensively, it's always kind of a problem, but it really does come down to like those last six minutes. Um, I don't trust their offense in the last six minutes of games. Um, And that is what, that's where I think it's going to matter most. Um, Certainly like you can build out a bigger lead and whatnot. If you just play good offense all game, Um, but uh, you're going to end up playing close games. And how do you execute late in those games? And that's where like offensively, because even when they were rolling, like you mentioned, that point differential was huge and they blew a couple games in that stretch. Even when they're playing like their best basketball, like they dominated Orlando for, (laughs) 3 quarters. Yep. And then like game they just yep. yep, they dominate Chicago for at least a half and then just like but late game situations they kind of crumble. Um mm-hmm. and that's still the thing where I'm like I most need to see that cuz even at their best that has never really went away.
1: Yeah, and and the what sucks is it covers up the defense when it's elite. Like that's what the, the Milwaukee game like right out of the break. I I thought just like you know, going back and watching the first half of like the defensive clips from the Wolves, I'm like, mm-hmm. that's tough. You yeah, know? that's the best defense. It just, it just easily is. I, I don't, as I it was, you know, no game last night, just watching some league pass and stuff. And I'm like, I don't think I ever see anybody else in the NBA defend the way the Wolves defend when they're defending like that, you know, and they have the highest ceiling of, of their defense. The problem is that offense. Can strip away the defenses for right, and again, that's what happened in the third quarter against Milwaukee. When you're turning it over, now they're getting run outs. So you don't have, I mean, no team is like elite in getting back in transition right. and into the half court, especially like, well, turnovers, exactly. Right. You can't do that, it doesn't, it just doesn't. Best case scenario, it's gonna be like a cross match. Some somebody yeah. slowed someone down, and now it's like, okay, everyone just pick someone up. Well, I'd say the Wolves some are actually, I would actually say the Wolves are decent, at, like, right.
2: They turn it over and like, answer. Somebody sprints back and makes right, it that up. That Beasley plays, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nas, whoever. Like, yep. wolves aren't bad at that, but it's a low percentage, thing. right? Uh, yeah. You know, like no matter what,
1: it, it's just, and I, and I don't know. I don't really know what to like draw off of. Of like, how how much can a defense can defense win you a game, you know, or win you a series if the offense isn't there too. And, and maybe it can't, I'm, I'm saying, I don't, I don't know, like, I, I, I do feel like in a, any given playoff game, if they do have six or eight minutes where the offense is like that, and it's leading into trans turnovers and leaning into transition the other way, it's, it's just that defense is such like a small margin sort of game that even if you have the biggest margin of any team to, to, to sort of lose that, it, it ends up, it ends up taking away the weapon of it. When the Wolves' defense is weaponized and the offense is competent, like if I can know that going into any game, just that the offense is competent and the defense will have its effort there. I mean, I don't... Maybe Denver and Boston, I'm not picking in that. But even then, I maybe am. I maybe would pick the Wolves if I could know that. It's just... It's the ambiguity of knowing what uh, what the offense will will do. But I do want to give the defense... We were talking about a little bit before we started recording... Like, I think the defense is back to what it was um, at the beginning of the season. They had that post-Christmas lull on kind of both sides of the ball, but this, to me, you know, Brooklyn game, you know, there wasn't and wasn't Rudy, but I, I still felt like there was some defensive effort. Yeah, like Brooklyn missed a ton of shots. I, ju- I just can kind of feel like the ethos of that defense is kind of back um, to what it to what it was. I don't know what that solves in terms of a a deep playoff run but i do think it's worth noting that that this defense feels really potent again
2: yeah 100 percent. like it's 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 making things difficult it's at very like when this defense is rolling it's at very worst having you take shots you don't really want to take even Mm -hmm. if like they're decent looks a lot of times it's like shots that you aren't like that's not what we were trying to get we'll take it but that's not what we were trying to get um the Brooklyn game yeah like they missed a lot of like well mikhail bridges went you know sure however many and that was and a lot he'd probably take a lot of those looks but like but even like against Milwaukee like there are things that are hard um and Milwaukee made enough shots at the end but Milwaukee's offense was not why it won that game Mm -hmm. um it was that stretch where Milwaukee's defense turned up and and Minnesota's offense turned down and the third quarter is what won Milwaukee that game um and but otherwise Minnesota made a lot of things really difficult um and you see that like you said like literally like if Minnesota's offense is not Generating the other team's offense, then it's going to be really hard for the other team to score. Yeah. And we see even like, like when Minnesota can have like Gobert on a non shooter and like a Jay Crowder can't make them pay for that, which again right. is not what Milwaukee's trying to get to. They're not like, if we could just get this Jay Crowder corner three, we'll be all good. Um, maybe if it's Chris Middleton that's different. But, uh, but like if you can't make them pay, it becomes so hard to get anything. I mean, yeah. like, is if Rudy can just free roam, um, and Minnesota's other defenders are all pretty good, um, and then they really sink their teeth into it. You just see, like each possession is a grind, um, and and that is where like you're winning on the margins because you're making the other team like they might score a point per
1: possession, and that's right. that's and that that's really tough. And like especially even even teams. when they have Giannis, right? Like right. I I mean I, I'm sure listeners to this have watched like other Bucks games this season, yeah. but that's about as good of a job as I when I've watched Bucks games of just. And you're, you're, you're not shutting off Giannis Tenekupo's water, right? Like right, he's right. still going to, but the way that they're able to limit Giannis is, is real. And it's like really limit Giannis and Dame together. I mean, they really yeah. did a pretty good job on both. They, and particularly again, in that, in that first half there. And, and it's like, that's the whole idea behind why you, we say quote unquote, they match up well with Denver, right? There's. There's enough belief in the idea that they can limit Jokic like 10%, right? That yeah. he just given the way that they can match up with him and they can, like you said, have Rudy lurk and and provide that that help there, Jaden coming in to help that where that's what you need. Like if you know if Jokic is gonna be able to do his thing, you're gonna lose. Right. And with the wolves or against the, the wolves against the Nuggets or the Wolves against the Bucks, you have some confidence that like it's not gonna be Giannis or Jokic's best night. And that in and of itself gives you a leg up that you can take advantage of if you can then, you know, play play offense at an average or slightly above average average clip. I do think that matters, you know, when, once the playoff series come, that we can kind of bank on whoever the star player it is that they're playing. He's not going to have their best series. And and that in and of itself is some degree of a win.
2: Yeah, for sure. and And that's where, like, they can also like limit a Jokic or whatever without just giving up everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Denver's a great one because like, it's not Jay Crowder, it's Aaron Gordon, you know, like, and right. that's, and now Aaron Gordon's in the corner. And that's the last place where Aaron Gordon wants to be. Like he, yeah. Aaron Gordon is at his best when he is attacking the offensive glass, when he's posting up a guy who's smaller than him. So when it's pretty go yeah,
1: it's like, all right, you got
2: to take that three. Um, you know, like, and that's him at the worst version of himself offensively. Exactly. And that's why, like, that's why just like matchup wise, um, Minnesota does fit pretty well there. Like they can at least, even if Denver is a better team, uh, mm-hmm. Minnesota can match up pretty well uh, yeah. to make life really difficult and maybe pull out a series win. Like
1: I, I want to talk about Denver a little bit more, talk about the Clippers and the Thunder too, as again, as we're talking about a deep run, grab our, our first ab break here. Uh, today's show is is brought to you by Adriana Lonick and Coldwell Banker uh, Realty, another uh, new sponsor that we have. Uh, new local sponsor we have for the show, uh, and when Adriana and I first met to discuss this partnership, it uh, became making more and more sense to me. I was like, oh, of course! Like a lot of listeners are at least somewhat considering buying or selling a home, and we know that's like kind of like one of those things that you can you can drag your feet on a little bit, and you kind of need uh, you need to understand more what is all uh, involved to be able to do it. And talking with Adriana, um, I, I, I feel like she can help out a first time buyer or somebody who's bought and sold uh, many homes. We're also adding a perk. Uh, Mention this podcast when you you contact Adriana at thedancingrealtor.com, uh, and we'll give you a pair of Timberwolves tickets when you book just a consultation. Uh, Adriana is a Wolves fan and season ticket holder. And just reading through the reviews of her work, it's clear she's going to provide quality, trustworthy information that will help you decide What you specifically need in your home buying and selling uh, experience. Adriana is going to make home buying or selling more accessible. Uh, But again, sometimes it's hard to know where even to begin. And it starts with a consultation. Uh, The reality of the situation is is you just need to kind of understand what you need to know. And you can set up that consultation with Adriana. at Again, it's thedancingrealtor.com. That's in the show notes here if you want to go to the website. Super accessible, easy uh, to, to kind of start your process there. Or you can call or text her at 715-304-9920. Again, that number is, is on the website. Her name is Adriana Lonick. She works with Coldwell Banker Realty. If you're considering next steps in home ownership and don't know where to begin, again, go to the thedancingrealtor.com. Get the ball rolling on home ownership and score a pair of free Wolves tickets with Adriana. Why don't you ever put out your number? For people to call our text if they need something
2: <laughs> or like to consult. <laughs> want to,
1: Adrian, why don't you do it? Yeah, just text me. Text me <laughs> in the fourth quarter ideas for the pods? Actually, I, I have Jace's number here in my phone. I could I could put that out there. Uh, actually, maybe maybe you know maybe in the playoffs we'll start a hotline. There you go. The name Jase Jace. It's, it's yeah, coming. Yeah. It's coming to yeah. both of us. Um. All right, We talked about the offense and defense a little bit. I think that the other part of this, of like convincing ourselves that the Wolves can make a, a deep run, is convincing ourselves that they can compete and exceed the other top teams in the conference. Um, in the second round, they will likely draw a Clippers, Nuggets, uh, or Thunder team. And I don't want to like rush ahead of the first round. We, I mean, you and I in particular have spent a lot of time talking. Time talking about oh a Pelicans matchup a Kings match. I've been watching a lot of the Kings recently. I'm going to do a pod on that uh, before Friday is another one of those potential uh, first round matchups. But I don't think that's what we're doing here. We're talking about the I idea.
2: Things seriously, anyway. So. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm actually yeah whatever. I'm going to talk about that on uh, yeah yeah on Thursday have to waste with, uh, your time on it with with Brendan. But it's 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 about the idea of once the talent you're playing a team whose talent level matches yours, right? I'm not right. not trying to short like the Kings. I think the Kings are solid. Um, but they only have an advantage in that series based on like matchup and that, that sort of thing. Right. When we're talking about the Clippers thunder and nuggets, we're talking about a team that's as good as the Wolves are right. In terms of the talent that they, they have on their roster. I'm kind of like, I don't know. I've, I've seen a lot of the Clippers recently over, over the last month. And a month ago, I would, I was probably like, that'd probably be my pick to come out of the West. I they still obviously could. I just don't feel a confidence in that. Um, the Thunder have, have been very impressive in in their own right. But it, it doesn't feel to me like one team from that group is is really standing out, which means you can make an argument that, you know, it's the Wolves. The Nuggets, I, I think where I'm kind of at is like Nuggets would be the the top one now would maybe argue wolves to there where, where are you just again with 25 games to go where are you just kind of thinking about the top of the west or how are you thinking about the top of the western conference
2: yeah i think i've got it as nuggets wolves i don't know it's hard man right They're i don't know like I, don't, I don't know who would win it i'm not and like <clears throat> i just been in my head i'm like who would win a series between the thunder and the clippers and i don't know um right. I, I think the Clippers might be would win a series with the, over the Thunder. Uh, I think that's where I would land on it. Uh, mm-hmm. But that would be an incredible series. Like I remember watching yeah. the games that they played last year; they were really great. Yeah. Um, so toss up with those two, I would put the Clippers like just above them. Clippers are not playing well right now. Um,
1: right. That's that's
3: the yeah, weird that's thing no about really all true. of this
1: is it's like
3: it's, what it's do just, I take?
1: What do I take yeah. the truth about these teams that I can well, think about playoff wise?
2: Yeah, like, at their worst and whatnot, like, how do we evaluate mm-hmm. in the regular season? I think the thing that makes it difficult to eval- evaluate is, like, I know that the Wolves are kind of playing at their top gear right now, um, and I think the Thunder played at their top gear um, for most of the season as well. I think that's that's great. I think that's a really good part of how you build as a team, mm-hmm. um, and then you just see how that top gear, as you sustain it, like, you get to sustain it to, to create it, I think, um, and, like, the Nuggets have done that in the past. Um, and I'm not saying that like, they're not trying or anything like that, but I feel like the Nuggets probably have a different gear. I think maybe we've seen a little bit of that. These last few games coming out of the all-star break. Um, I don't know if the Clippers, like the Clippers, I think had this imaginary top gear that we all picture. And then, we oh, yeah. never see. Uh, <laughs> but like so that's it's always just like okay i think this team is playing at their peak pretty much right now or close mm-hmm. to it like obviously offense they can be a little better but like i think the wolves are who they are the thunder are who they are now how does that stack up to everybody else like to like the nuggets when you get to the playoffs i don't know you mm-hmm. know um so that's that's what's difficult for me to gauge because like i do think maybe denver starts to turn it up now um and look even
1: Better, but we've right. seen Minnesota play Denver once, so I don't. I know that that we we do need more. We do need more Denver match. Uh, three more, right? Two two more. No, I think more. it's two
2: in Denver and one in Minnesota. Yeah. Yep, yep. And then we'll get the, the Wolves arm back to backs and two of those
1: second halves of it. So
2: yeah. so that'll <laughs> be is a, Denver. Is that is a Denver back
1: to back? You know, do you know I, I don't
2: know. I think yeah. I looked and I don't remember what the results yeah. were. Uh, yeah. But I think maybe both games in Denver are second half back so. yeah, to back. So because yeah, the Wolves win it, it'll be like got them uh and if the like,
1: like, second half of back-to-back in Denver right. what are you got to do it, it's with the with the different gear thing right and and this I guess we could pull in like Phoenix and Dallas maybe right those like, are the
2: teams I think that you're more so talking about because like I think we do mm-hmm. know what Denver looks like
1: uh yeah I, I, I weirdly Clippers... would put like the Clippers Suns and Mavs in that we anticipate them having a different gear and but not all three of them are going to hit another gear. No. You know yeah, what I'm saying? We're going to flame out and just be like, why did we think they were going to be good? But one of the three of them will. That does happen yeah. a lot. No, no. Yeah. I think this is the yeah. right context to put it in. Not all of those teams are going to hit a different gear. And we're going to be like, okay, this is, you know, this is the Suns team. We were all scared. Yeah. Maybe. But if we the see. Suns one happens, it's unlikely the Dallas one and right, the Clippers right. one also both, both happen there. But it's something to, you know, be wary of. Right. right? If you catch the team that does end up doing that. Um, and that, that's maybe part of the advantage of getting the one seed and yes, locking in too. like a Warriors or Kings or Lakers right. or whatever, right. um, in, in that matchup, not that those would be simple, but, um, I don't know. That's one thing about the, the different gear stuff is like, we can't anticipate everyone's going to hit one. The team yep. we should anticipate it most, which is Miami, you're saying to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> My, the teams that went to the finals last year, though, for real. Right, like right, that, that right. I, I really I think that's the, you know, the most likely. And then it's just weird to compare that against the Wolves and the Thunder who have kind of stayed in gear the whole season. And I don't know. I, I think I would choose the team who had stayed in gear the, the whole season. But those are the less experienced, less mature teams. The, the Thunder have the wolves do have some playoff experience. But yes, as we yeah. we're talking about the Thunder have none. I mean the, the, the Thunder the Thunder have no playoff experience. <laughs> SGA has played experience. Like that's yeah. literally mm-hmm. like and that's
2: not the same thing. It's not
1: right. And and I, I I've you know i put this out there before and then people are like, well what are you talking about? Like the wolves the wolves have this playoff experience. And even Ant does too. But it, it, it's I guess when I'm thinking about the wolves, it's less so about the playoff experience and more so about my confidence in the maturity, right? Which again, tie, I think ties back into these final 25 games. How many, how many of these final 25 games am I going to go immature game from the wolves? Yep. Again, a, a couple's fine. Five or six, probably not, you know, even if they won four or five of those, like it's, it's, it's this idea that I'm going to be more confident that they are a veteran team going, going into the playoffs. And I think just the best way for them to convince me of that is to just minimize the the frequency of those you know of those fumbles there but overall i, I mean and this isn't even wolf specific like thunder too i think i'm gonna take the team that when i'm watching them night to night i've seen their that gear i see that gear all the time from the thunder i see that gear all the time from the wolves it just becomes more believable than than the theoretical gear that the suns have you know right and, and maybe it's different suns clippers and uh Mavs like lumping those all Mavs have kind of showed that gear here, here more more recently, but I don't know. I, yeah, I guess give me the bird in hand. That's
2: right, correct. Cause because like what you see over the next 25 games can be like, wow, actually Dallas has just played really well. I mean they did sure. it against Indiana. So like it's more of a reason of like, I don't know if they can defend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but but if you see something over the next 25, it's like they've hit that gear and right. they sustained it. So now I think this is that team heading into the playoffs. It's a team you, quote unquote, don't want to play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like if, if Phoenix continues to just like kind of play like win
1: three, lose two basketball, you know, like. Yeah. And they need and, to have like eight, that Clippers run. They'll the run the Clippers had like a couple of weeks th- after Harden. Like, I and, agree. But and yeah. I don't think they hit that
2: unless Beal's out there. I right. really don't think they. And so then it's like, well, at full
1: strength. Well, are we ever going to see that? um are we gonna see it for more than like two games like they're just gonna come into the playoffs as a grenade man that's gonna blow themselves up or blow up someone else which has been the clippers role for like the last <laughs> but i mean they're kind of built years. in that image they are like they the suns decided to do the brooklyn nets and la clippers thing you know and they're the most recent like bite at that apple that stars and scrubs <laughs> yeah hasn't <laughs> hasn't worked but I don't know, man. I picked Brooklyn to win the championship. That year. like you would have been get, right. You would have been right. I I, I, I mean, get, I get I, enticed by it, but I don't know. L- less so, less. So, I mean, less so for me with this this Suns team than some of those other years. I don't know if that's watching them or, I mean, having that's learned a little bit. Yeah. That's KD not being the same player. The Brooklyn
2: year. I mean, I picked yeah. the Bucks that year and they won. I am fully admitting if Brooklyn stayed as healthy as they were to start the playoffs, you would have right. been right. They were going to wipe Milwaukee. They were wiping Milwaukee, and then one gets hurt and then i think Kyrie missed the end of that series like yeah, he sprained his ankle. Yes, yeah. yep, and Harden mm-hmm. played at like what look like like 60%. Um mm-hmm. and they still almost won with yeah. KD because KD then was still like one of the top two players in the world KD and now he's Yeah, out, what was that? So. Was that
1: 3 years ago? So he was like 33 rather than 30. 2021. Yep, so 3 years ago, yep. Yeah. Yeah, no that that is that's a that's the difference with that. And and that, that's why like i don't know. Obviously one of those teams could beat the wolves but i it just doesn't seem like it should at all be the expectation no
2: like 30 mean,
1: probability you know yeah. like something like that mm-hmm. which actually that sounds you know that 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 sounds pretty good right you know and yeah, and you've, yeah, earned yeah. That, right? you've earned that if you're the wolves by finding that gear particularly it, it i don't know it gets to 30 if i have a little bit more confidence in the wolves offense that that needs to happen for me to be like okay those are I'm really expecting you to beat whoever you get in 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 the first round. And and then if the offense shows me something, if I'm like, you know, the post All-Star Break Wolves are eighth in offense when this is done, yeah, then then I'm gonna feel I'm gonna feel pretty confident of picking them over the clippers or the thunder. I don't know if I'm I don't know if anything can happen for me in the rest of the season outside of like somebody getting hurt for Denver that's gonna make me Go into that series, even if the Wolves have home court, and be like, I, I feel like the betting favorite here's the Wolves. Maybe it's like maybe I get to like fifty fifty, but it's not. Um, I'm not sure anything can happen just because. And that's not a knock on the Wolves; it's a credit to the Nuggets and them having, yeah. having been there. They're they're the, they're the number one for me right now. They're the defending champs. They're like fully healthy. It's and mm-hmm. the,
2: and they played really well. Like you know, like they're right there with Minnesota in the standings. They've had like the same offensive and defensive ratings as they did a year ago like there's it's you definitely like as much as it's like the wolves have proven themselves over the course of this season like denver's proven themselves over the course of the last two years and have proven it in the playoffs like Mm -hmm. that's where you can say the wolves haven't proven it in the playoffs denver obviously has so it just makes sense so like Mm -hmm. as much as in like the first round we'd be like well minnesota has proven themselves all year and the team they're playing has not so we'll go with the wolves Mm -hmm. as as like our expectation. Uh, when you get in a playoff series, Denver has proven it in the playoffs. The Wolves have not, haven't really had too much of an opportunity to with this group, but have not. Um, so then you go with the team that has. Like that, That's just logical to me. Um, and Denver heading into any series has the obvious massive advantage of having the best player on the floor.
1: Let, let's talk about the the thing you you tweeted out yesterday about, uh, it was Russillo talking on Bill Simmons' pod about Jokic. Right? And and the way in which he plays and kind of the high floor it provides. It's it it was so it, i I listened to that 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 pod too. And that and then when you when you tweeted that out, I was I was like, that is exactly what I was thinking of. It was what Russillo was talking about with Jokic and the way in which Jokic wants to play. I'm like, I have heard this whole thing from fifty-five Chris Finch. You know, press conferences talking about the offense and, and what his vision is. So you, you tweeted out what's what stood out to you there.
2: I wish I could remember like word for word what it
1: was. Um, Yeah, I, I should have found a way to like take that video and been able to, to play it. I think it's, it, it's, I don't know, whatever, the middle of that episode. Is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a 30
2: minutes in or yeah. something like that. But anyway, it was all about like how Jokic is constantly like cutting. He's screening. He's, like, fourth in the NBA in screen assists, which is wild for a player who is is the primary playmaker on that offense. Um, the primary yeah. scorer, still, frankly. Um, and, like, finding others. Like, he doesn't want the ball half the possessions. Like And on the possessions where he doesn't want the ball, he's still, like, screening to get others open. Um, like, yeah. I don't want it, but I want you to score here. It's not like, I don't want it. I'm going to go stand in the corner. It's, I don't want it. I'll screen, screen, screen. So one of you gets it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like constantly, you know, like everybody else has to be on their toes because they have to be ready for the ball. Um, And that is just like what, it's what everybody should aspire to because we see like what insane talent and touch and IQ mixing with playing the right way. You become the best player in basketball and you become the head of the best team in basketball. That's where it's always like, and finch is always like you know we got to move we got to like and mike collins is like we got to make sacrificial cuts for others like you have to do that maybe you'll get it maybe right. the next it frees things up for everybody else rudy's always doing that we all need to do that um like so the minds of this wolf team are like this is how we need to play mm-hmm. and and so much of that like the things Jokic is doing is not like a play call it is just yeah. like he's he's screening here okay now i'm gonna go screen there okay that didn't work here i'll flash here i'll cut here and then I'll go screen there and I'll get mm-hmm. the ball and I'll kick you know like it is like free flowing offense but it's just thinking like what can I do next um to get myself or somebody else open um and it's doing that constantly and it's like I understand if you think well the wolves personnel don't do that so the coach should compensate for them not doing that um but I think the broader what? picture last thing the broader picture makes way more sense to be like okay but you can never stop pushing to have your best players gain that mindset because that in the long term is how you will be the best team you can possibly be you cannot give up on it and be like no they can't do it let's just call plays um Mm -hmm. you should consistently keep pushing for them to play basketball the
1: best way yeah it's it's interesting of like the idea of what more could the coaches do for that and i don't i don't think it's nothing but it you know there there's, there's small adjustments obviously there, maybe there could be more timeouts maybe there could be a little bit more play call here in this situation or that situation, but uh, Conley was asked about that at practice. I clipped this one too, and he was just like, "It's literally just on us to to do it." I'll, I'll play that clip here.
3: Yeah, um, you know they've they've been really uh, detailed on what we need to do in order to accomplish things, and uh, they might have you know, they've they've put it out on the table and we all know we need to do. It's about the players literally going out there and doing it. And and I think the biggest thing over the last few weeks has been, you know, us having more energy on that side, like just moving our bodies, being willing cutters, um, you know, cat rolling more sometimes, popping more, like being able to read the situations and and who's on the floor with you. And that kind of stuff really matters, Uh, might seem small, but, us all standing around the perimeter is not a good look for offense. So we got to keep, keep our guys moving and, uh, and try and think about the next play.
1: It's just like the subtle call out guy ever.
3: Yes.
2: 100%. (laughs) I mean, like he, he totally knows how to like, this isn't like a dig. Nobody's going to clip this and be like, well, calls out blank, but it's very obvious what he's talking about. Um, And those are the same messages he delivers all the time Mm -hmm. to, not just to us, but to his teammates. It is like, it's, and Rousselo said it in his thing. He's like, you know, you watch Denver play, and it's like, okay, yeah, that's really hard to guard. Um, it's just like when the Warriors were at their best, it's like they're constantly moving. It is really hard to guard that. Yep. Um, and it's so much easier, and I don't know why I always go back to this exact same Kobe Bryant clip, uh, where he was talking about, like, Tracy McGrady, and Kobe was, I think, retired at this point, and talking about how easy it is in the playoffs to just defend pick and roll. Yeah. It's like, I everything is right in front of me. I know exactly what's happening. Um, and it's easy for us to load up against that yeah. um, especially like in the playoffs uh, when we know tendencies, when we know your exact tendencies everything uh, so much more difficult when things are constantly moving and there's you know four actions within one play and you're never set you're never stacked up like that's the best version of basketball it's why nobody could stop golden state um mm-hmm. even even when it was just steph and clay and katie wasn't on the team like they won two titles without katie um and when you know and obviously Jokic last year like Nobody really knew how to stop that Denver offense because Jokic made it so there were like six different possibilities on every single play. Um, it's it is so div- you can win games, but you can maybe even win titles with like just really excellent one on one scoring. Like you can do that. There's not a world where Ant, there is a world where Ant could do that um, mm-hmm. at some point in his career. It's way harder um, and yeah. it's probably less sustainable. And if you want to be just like an elite team, like you will play basketball the right way where you are constantly moving, cutting, screening. Like Rucila was in that podcast. He's like, "There are so many great players, but I'm like, yeah, but they're never going to set a screen for anybody." Like, how many screens have you ever seen Ant set for somebody?
1: Yeah, right. No, totally. I mean, not many.
2: <laughs> right, and not, it's not yeah, like that no. has to be called. Like, you can just go yeah. screen for somebody. You yeah. know, you don't have to have to be in the corner and be like, "I'm just going to watch." I think mm-hmm. I'm just this possession isn't for me. Um, we see that all the time where it's like floating games. You know, like then mm-hmm. uh, the same thing for for Cat. It's like, okay, so cut. You know, sure. like if you're just standing up there you're not getting the ball, cut. Um, and that'll either get you the ball or to get somebody else the ball,
1: and it, it, it's why it why Finch has never turned this into a heavily structured, heavily pick and roll, particularly structured team, which your roster almost dares you to do, just like on paper, particularly with with Conley and Gobert. Um, the reason he hasn't done it is because of that that Kobe thing. That's his belief, and now you know people at home, you can. You can disagree with that. I'm saying I we know that that's what Finch's belief is. Is there is a ceiling or diminishing returns to playing in that very direct style where the defense does know what you're doing. The idea that like we just believe our offense can out execute your defense even if you know what's coming. Finch aspires for something more offensively, and it hasn't hit. It hasn't clicked with with this group. The you know the past two seasons. Since Gobert had got there, but there's something interesting to me about still aiming for that, right and it's it's aiming for the idea that that is just the best level of basketball that you can play and and quite frankly we're gonna we're gonna find out if this team can do that or not but but Finch has always aimed for the ceiling offensively, and I think that's kind of why this team is has not been a great offensive team because when you aim high and you don't have the ability. Or or the players to execute it, or that aren't executing it, it's not going to hit all the time. There's going to be those highs, like we've seen this team offensively when it's rolling, it's rolling, you know. But in the aggregate, it's gonna it's gonna balance out. It's just it's an interesting commitment by fit Fitch to the bit, you know. Yeah, um, that takes some
2: patience. I think like as much as anything, it's like okay, when you get like a coach and a structure in place. Like, and if you just commit to the same things over and over again, and that becomes let's,
1: like, your let's probe. all picture Utah in our head here, because this is exactly what we're describing, Utah, Quinn Snyder, yeah, Rudy, it's a, like, it's, yeah,
2: it's a program, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is what we do. um, And we aim to do this. And this is what we want to be long term. This is what we want to be for the next 10 years. Yeah. Um, is this kind of team because we think that will lead to sustained success. Like, this Wolves team can win even with bad offense because it has probably one of the three best rosters in the nba like one through eight it is a really good roster like Deep. really good they're not always going to have it it's going to go up mm-hmm. and down like you're going to be less talented some years because of salary cap constraints or whatever guys going elsewhere to make more money whatever the case may be like you're not always going to have this incredible roster it's going to be and you're going to be like and could probably use a little bit more help here uh, mm-hmm. but if you're playing the right way like if if you if if Ant who is growing up in this system of like, yeah, that's good, but we need you to do more of this, more of this, more of this. If he ever gets this down, mm-hmm. um, if he ever like not saying he is Steph Curry, but he, he can be Steph Curry. But like, if he understands basketball to that extent and understands offensive rhythm flow, how, how, even if everybody's king entirely on you, if we play this way, we can get you good shots. Like, they will be better long-term no matter what the roster looks like. They will have such a high floor if they just Mm -hmm. play basketball this way because it's not so talent-dependent like that isolation-type basketball can be.
1: Today's show is brought to you by Duer D-U-E-R. You've all heard me talk about how much I love my Duer jeans. They're legit my favorite pants to wear. I've got the no-sweat pant in the relaxed fit. have those in black. I will probably wear them to the game tonight. They're that type of pants where... You got them because they're stylish, but they're also your most comfortable pair of pants. So you just wear them all the time because they're comfortable. Those no sweatpants were voted the number one best gift for business travels by USA Today. Again, thanks to the comfort of a pair of sweatpants, but with the clean finish of a pair of khakis or chinos. Durer makes stretch performance denim and lifestyle apparel, not just for men, but also for women with elevated styles that stand apart. They're made from natural fibers for high stretch and that breathability and the temperature-regulating fabrics keep you cool and dry. Trust me, you need Duer in your wardrobe. Order your new favorite jeans today. Check out Duer's flagship stores in LA or Denver or shop online at shopduer.com slash More Right now, my listeners can get 15% off site-wide when you use my special URL, shopduer.com slash More. Don't wait to get 15% off now. Go to shop com slash Dane Moore. Today's show is brought to you by Factor Meals, and I'm excited to again be doing Factor. I remember back in 2020, I did Factor. They weren't a sponsor of the show or anything. It was just the pandemic, and I was so sick of cooking myself uh, three meals a day at home. I wanted a nutritional meal. I didn't want to cook it myself. And I wanted it quick. I found Factor. Uh, It's cool they're a a sponsor now because they're uh, meals that take two minutes to make, but they come out restaurant-quality food, and they're ready just to be heated up whenever I'm ready to eat. Factor, for me, is the perfect uh, solution for fast, upscale eating options. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prep, no cooking, no cleanup needed. Oh, and the smoothies are really good. If you try this out, throw some smoothies in your cart. Head to factormeals.com slash Danemore50 and use Danemore50 to get 50% off. That's code Danemore50 at factormeals.com slash Danemore50 to get 50% off.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: I wasn't at the game on on Saturday night and Jaden was a big part of the 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 story of that game. Chris and I talked a little bit about the effort stuff or whatever. We don't need to get into that again. Um I I was just I was thinking about re- going back and reading some of the quotes from that game and you know Finch kind of publicly nudging Jaden to kind of like snap out of it or snap into what what they need him what they need him to be and the you know, the line he always uses, right, is Jaden's the barometer, right? The barometer for the offense. Jaden's having a good offensive game or right, involved in the offense. The numbers bear it out, right? It 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 has been way better. I, I'm wondering what you think about that. Like, is that something that he can just force to happen? You know what I'm saying? Like, can he can he script it a little bit more finch to involve Jaden, maybe even intentionally early, so as it at least begins as one of those games with the heavy involvement from Jaden? Or does it just need to kind of come within the flow? Does it need to come from random cuts? Like scripted offense for Jaden? Is, is, there, is there a way to force that ingredient in there a little bit more? Do did you, did you get what I'm getting at? So as to reach that ceiling or that high level of the barometer um, that, that Jaden provides?
2: Yeah, I understand what you're saying 100%. I don't think so i really don't um i think that Jaden's best offense comes when he is catching the ball for a wide open corner three off ball movement or mm-hmm. when that same position pre- same position presents itself and somebody's closing out hard and he attacks the closeout yeah. um and gets to the rim and that can even be like from like not even the corner but the wing he's attacking a closeout um, i think when we see like Jaden getting the ball on a play and he's kind of just attacking one-on-one a little bit like it doesn't always go very well right. um I still don't think his offensive game is quite there yet for that. Um, Not to say that he'll never score in those situations, but I think the best basketball for Jaden is when it's coming off of ball movement, much like Nas, Mm -hmm. frankly, like, and, and I think that does have to kind of come a little bit more organically um, from everybody else, moving the ball and making the right plays. Like I,
1: I get what you're saying. I understand like the premise of it, but the I idea don't... of it, I, I don't think it would work either. I, I yeah. don't think it's, I don't think it's something you can completely. I, okay. So I think about the the first quarters where Jaden over the past two years has been awesome. It's when a team is trying to hide somebody on him. Yeah. Yeah. Trey young. um, Or sometimes they'll, you know, they'll, they'll do the thing that the wolves often do with Rudy. They'll put a center on Jaden, kind of leave him open in yep. the corner and, and do that. And sometimes, because Jaden does have like an offensive game to like, if you don't guard him at all, he's going to be able to like get into that little 10 footer or he's, he can make corner threes at a, you know, at a, at a high clip. I just, yeah, I, I think that's probably the only times where that really comes is when the defense is ignoring him. If they're guarding him, honestly, I'm not sure you can script something to get him going. So as to, you know, if you engage him offensively, then he's maybe more engaged on defense, whatever the, the trickle down effect uh, of all of that. It's just, it is, it's always good news for the wolves. If Jade McDaniels is involved in the offense and I don't, they just need to find then organically, if you can't script it, they need to find more organic ways to get that. That seems to be, that could be something that's unlocked in this offense, I guess the final 25 games.
2: Yeah. And I honestly even think Mike Conley can be the same way. I wrote about that for today's paper. Uh, like a number from that, like because Mike, I talked to him a little bit after the Milwaukee game of like, you gotta ramp up your offense a little bit more because, like, there would yeah. probably be like a way where you might have to be like the third offensive option some games, True. like, um, and especially in the playoffs. And he's like, Yeah, and I know, like, he's like, All year I've been doing a pretty good job of like, okay, you know, like I'm kind of facilitating from the perimeter on offense, then I'm really focusing on defending and getting up and down the court. He's like, And now I need to add being more aggressive offensively into that mix. And I feel like my body's in a good position to do that. Um, but the stat is just three-point attempts when I looked it up. Like, when Mike has eight or more three-point attempts this year, they're six and one. When he has three or fewer, they are eight and six. Uh, And I I just think, like, he needs to be, especially at the clip at which he's, like, shooting the ball this year, um, needs to be more aggressive about, like, hey, Rudy came and set you a screen, one dribble. If it's there, pull it. You know, like, sometimes, like, especially as they get into the playoffs, where offense will be hard. I mean, like, and, and it already looks like a struggle sometimes right now. But, like, if you can get a great look generated that easily, um, sometimes you just got to pull it. Um, well, Because it, if it, you're it, not keeping yourself in rhythm, oh, now you're, you're going to get totally out of rhythm. rhythm.
1: You're totally right. And and it's, like, again, in the playoff context, like, the gap help on a cap top of the key drive is going to be there 90% of the time in the playoffs. Right. Whereas maybe in the regular seasons, there's 65%. Yep. Time. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, there is the intention to the the game plan is going to be way up. To, and, you know, they're going to start at the top of the tree. They're going to look at what are the best ways to limit Ant, what are the best ways to limit Cat. Like, that, is, that intention is going to be there, which is going, whether it be Mike or Jaden or maybe Mike, probably most Mike and Rudy two-man game there. Like, that needs to be, it's always the most encouraging to me where, when it's like, okay, here's the possession or Cat or Ant Went to the basket, drove into a crowd, turned it over, missed a shot, whatever. And the very next one, it's that get action with Conley and Gobert. And they just get it, they get into a, a quick, easy two-man game. And you're like, okay, we're back. You know, yeah, yeah, back yeah. stabilized and that. And and again, if in the playoffs there's gonna be more of those possessions for cat and ant, then there needs to be more of those possessions for for Mike and Rudy. So I'm I'm yeah, Mike and Rudy. So I, I'm I'm with that idea. And maybe Mike is the the place to aim that. A little bit more, and then if you do have cat involved, and you do have ant involved, and you have the two man game going, then Jaden's just going to yeah trickle right. himself open, right? And that that's that's what's what's going to to happen there. But it, it can't be the worst quarters are when it's just one guy. If it's yep. just any one guy, and even if it's ant like seven for eight, 18 points yep. in the first quarter, which is awesome, fun to watch. Yes, yeah. What's what's like the game hit rate of that? You know, and what opportunity cost was there? to having done that in you know in the in the first quarter. I think that's something they've gotten better. At. There's way too much of that at the beginning of the season. Like some of these things have improved, but they really need to kind of like cement, it feels like because because it's going to be like there's gonna be like the devil on your shoulder,
2: like in the playoffs with like all the lights are on you and it's the big moments yeah. of like do it. Just go.
1: Right. Shoot it.
2: You know, like this is on you, this is your time. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's those are the things with like ant and cat where we've seen it in the past. Um and a lot of times it works out for ant. Um but then it doesn't work out for others. And it's like, well, nobody else made shots. It's like well, everybody mm. else didn't watch for yeah. 10 minutes and then was asked to make a three in the 11th minute. Um but I agree with you. Like it's it's don't have those possessions like as much as possible. You know, mm. like you're going to need Ant to step up at various points, um but mix everybody in. Um I was going to say something else and I totally
1: forgot it, but yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's, it's about the mixed offensive. I think that is, that is the thing. And it, it's like, to some extent oh, Ant is that. going to be the answer in the playoffs, but to some extent he's not, he's yeah. not, he, he's not going to, he cannot be the Ant answer. 40
2: is not how you're going to win. playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, like,
1: and 40 ball, and 40 ball, and 40 ball. Like it's not it, the best version of this team. Frankly, that's right. my biggest point. Mm-hmm. But, it's, it's the mix. It's like the pockets of that. Maybe once you've already established something with Kat right. or, you know, and, and, and some of this is hard. It is like reading and it's doing it quickly. And it's kind yeah. of like assessing in your brain of like, okay, where are we at as a team collectively offensively here? What do we need for me? And, and that's hard. Well, particularly when A and Cat, you know, they're trying to get theirs. They're trying to do their own thing. Like there's, there's just these, that's what I think it is. Ultimately when the things stop for a whole quarter it's the thoughts get clouded you don't have the clarity to be like this is actually what we need to do we need to get back to this 4 or 5 minutes goes by you have 6 7 turnovers and you're like okay there you go 7 point lead is now a 12 point deficit you know and and it's just it's just finding that clarity and having actions outside of cat and ant who need to carry you they are the they are the offensive ship but they not every possession it it just is is not every possession and, and when they don't and when they haven't done that it's been it's been the best that this team has played, you know, uh, all season. So the best, the we thing I see. like
2: this year. What I was going to say and I forgot is, like, oh yeah, <laughs> it seems like they've they're, they're like their best formula, and I almost feel like other guys know it. Is like, all right, let's do things the right way, and then once the game is won, like once we're up like fourteen with like three minutes left, go ahead, and do all your isolation possessions where you just dribble 20 times and fire it up or whatever and if it goes in great crowds crowds ecstatic if it doesn't go in we already won you know like and you'll hit like three tough ones in a row and it's like great great get it out of your system
1: Get points.
2: you earned yeah exactly you earned this time go ahead go nuts it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter
1: yeah like and when he's hot too particularly if he's hot because like in the i mean the end of that milwaukee game i mean incredible shot making Yep. It was, it was too little too late because they blew too much in the third yep. quarter. But it was like Ant and Cat almost did bring them back. Yep. in the that fourth is where,
2: quarter, it's where like when they're up by ten, I don't think Elite is safe because they will still take those shots. Mm-hmm. And when they're down by ten, I don't feel like they're out of a game because they'll take those shots because yep. they can make them. Like for sure, those like their end of game like with Cat and Ant just firing away, like it is a uh, super high ceiling and a super low floor. Right. Like yeah. it, so yeah. like literally, I don't feel like. Within that twenty-point spread, I don't feel like the game is decided. No way there can be like two thirty left, and I don't feel
1: like the game is it's decided. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, you want to uh, let us know what Conley Corner was this week before we wrap it? Yeah, it was just uh
2: it was something like Mike did, kind of last off season, and they released it in the fall. Like it's his little mini video series, um, like two four two-minute episodes of like good guys finish first it's kind of the brand they put on at the name of the video series and it's just mike showing a little bit more of like his personality who he is at home who he is with his friends they're mm-hmm. funny like they they do go for like a little bit of like a satirical like sitcom kind of thing yeah. uh but like the, but also like hammering in like who mike is and delivering it in that kind of sitcom like way i think they're yeah, all like funny. the office didn't he, he yeah. said that in a yeah, yeah. yes yeah. he yeah. said it. he's like a little bit more like an office thing like you'll see him look yeah. over at the camera and stuff and like yeah. they're fun they're easy to watch yeah. it's his instagram his twitter i just linked them all and, in the story online. Like, so, and he wants to build out that brand, like another season of that show, which they're going to do. Um, but also like he pitched the idea of like, maybe we do like a good guys finish first series. Cause like, obviously it's titled that because Mike Conley is known as like one of the good guys in the NBA. Um, he kind of wants to go around the country, like maybe as the wolves play other teams on the road and like, I know this guy kind of like represents those types of values. Like mm-hmm. maybe I play him in something and we just chat about things, yeah. you know, just to highlight people like that. So I think it's the thing he was hesitant to do. He liked how it turns out. And now he's envisioning like, where else can I take it? Um, and that was kind of part of the big part of Conley Corner. is just like even showing more of him um, mm-hmm. on top of like him explaining other things. And I uh, I think this was a pretty cool thing that I enjoyed. And I think everybody else would enjoy the clips too. If you haven't seen that, you, oh, yeah. you may be very well. follow yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, like, I, I watched him, yeah, like, a year ago. October when it came When I was rereading it, I was like, oh, yeah that oh maybe it's just because I feel like I know Mike Conley a little bit better now. And I'm right. like, oh, okay, you know. Um, but it is cool that Mike is in this late stage or whatever of his, I, I guess I didn't know that, that he was, like, significantly more private. Like, yeah, yeah. Not, like, nothing with his kids. You know, it was like, right. you know Mike Conley, the basketball player. It's interesting that he's, like, Wants more uh, of that out there, and it's not like it does a good job of like taking a goody two shoes topic and making yeah. it funny. You know, right. it's right. This right. isn't just like look at this guy; he's best. He's won the, he's he's won the, the Sportsman Award four times. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. look yeah. at his trophy yeah. case. No, yeah. it's it's like it's actually talking about how he's not that. <laughs> you know, right. he's just right. like super competitive. I thought it. I thought it was an interesting one. Jace is doing these these Conley corners uh, with Mike like every other week. But that one came out. This week. This last Saturday here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A couple a couple of days ago when I, when I read it. want to make sure to uh to pump that there. Uh yeah, that, that's about it. We got the Spurs game. Uh Spurs game tonight. I do want to uh plug one more time that we have a pair of tickets uh to give away to the Grizzlies game, which is on Wednesday. Those as always are for Patreon subscribers. Just send us a message on there, entered into a drawing. Um, people get get we'll we'll draw somebody to get a pair of two free tickets to the game. These games are getting. My friends are like texting me. These games are getting very expensive to go mm-hmm. to. Yes. Um. So you know, hopefully, we're, we're really grateful for those of you who do support us on Patreon and kind of, in a way, make this make this all happen. This is a way through a sponsor uh, that we can kind of get a couple people in the seats uh, for games and and do that. It's the Grizzlies on Wednesday, but it it'll it'll uh it'll still be fun. It's it's a cool season to just for everyone if you haven't got to Target Center. It's this is. Target Center is nothing like it's ever been, you know, comparatively to our seven years that we've been. Two years ago was pretty electric. Yeah, yeah, way. yeah, that's true. At the, at the end.
3: Uh, yeah. No, no, yeah, th- yeah, you're kind of right. It's like
1: that. It's like Second that. half of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously. The, T-shirt cannons
2: flying into the crowd. Yeah,
1: over our head. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it is, it is fun. And the Milwaukee game was like that, you know, when it was, was late. But it, it, it has been full, like, you know. That's been, like, against bad teams. People just, like, they want to see good, Best. like i i think yeah. 2
2: years ago even more so than this year just shows like the fan base like like this year it's the best sure. team in the west like you better be there you know like mm-hmm. the best <laughs> team in the western conference like yeah. 2 years ago was like they were the seven seed um yeah. and and it was packed the whole second half of the season like they the last game of the regular season the game meant right. nothing they played the bulls with a bunch of backups and it was loud mm-hmm. <laughs> and people were into it Yeah, like, that to me was like yeah this fan base is alive you know but they just want to see the team playing hard you know, Mm -hmm. like in last year there were stretches where I don't think they felt like they were seeing that. And that was fair. Um, Totally. And and this year it's back to being a team that plays hard on a nightly basis. And as long as the Timberwolves play hard on a nightly basis, this fan base turns out in a huge way and supports.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, I think there's, it's a lot of people, right. Who, you know, in previous years spent 50, 80, hundred dollars a ticket to, you know, to go to a game. And it was like one of those games where you're like, all right, well, you're down by 24 in the second, you know, and it's like, there's like a, that's real money, you know, like there's that, that impact of like, not only did you give your night, I paid for this. And like, what, what am I, they don't care. You know, It, it is that to that end it's, it's turned. And yeah, we're talking about, these third quarters where they lose their head a little bit, but it's still normally in the context of an overall like the yes. Milwaukee game wasn't a bad game to like nope.
2: three quarters of really yeah. hard played basketball. Yeah, and then the and like you mentioned, like it's not like they stop playing hard. A lot of times it's that they lose their minds.
1: You know, like, <laughs> almost kind of interesting to watch. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, yeah. So that's in the the show notes uh, in your podcast player on the YouTube channel here, Patreon, p a t r e o n dot com slash Jane Moore NBA. There's a direct messages thing in there. You send us a message. If you're not a subscriber, uh, obviously for the, the playoff push, we we appreciate that too. But no pressure um, on the five bucks a month. Just for those of you who are supporting, this is a way for us to give back. Um, yeah. I missed anything, Jace? We well, missed my
2: Spurs breakdown, but
1: we, good, Let's go. What's going to happen tonight?
2: Uh, when fun to watch, the Spurs
1: really suck. All right. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's the cliff notes. <laughs> what I put together. It will be. It is. You mentioned the switching thing um, against Brooklyn that gave them problems, but the Milwaukee drop and just putting Lopez at the rim and like daring people to yeah, he dominated that game. Yeah, I mean, and and I saw I mean, it throughout, and... I was like, he is dominating this. It was like
2: because I think I've seen Rudy do it so much that when I saw somebody else do it, I was right. Like, oh, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, it, it it's like. You know, we, you and I had many years of like, why the hell is this team running drop coverage? It's a whole different animal when your drop coverage center is Rudy Gobert, Brooke Lopez, or Victor Wembanyama. Like that's, that is something, you know, that I think is informative, even against a team that has a terrible record this season of like how, Ant in particular, how is Ant learning to better navigate elite rim protection? That's, that is a weakness in in his game overall i do think there's a pretty big thing of getting better at 10 feet Mm
2: -hmm. like 10 12 feet not forcing it not driving right into the crowd um Mm -hmm. not just letting yourself be swallowed up by lopez who is like if he's not blocking your shot he is going straight up like he plays really sound like protection defense much like rudy Mm -hmm. um you got to be able to hit the 12 footer i mean that's a pretty big part of it because like if it's dropped like the kickout's not always there Mm -hmm. um it, it is just you in this space where you're wide open and you have to be comfortable pulling up and shooting the ball or floating it or whatever. Um
1: or or not it. or or not taking it. Like Mike talked about that after the Milwaukee game. Yeah, yeah. Just like, dribble
2: out, do something else. Like yeah, just because yeah,
1: yeah. Just because the you know, obviously like you want I to think, take that floater yeah. when it's open to take it. Or like even ant like if you can step in and I just in a rhythm. He and was,
2: I would think he was saying eighteen to twenty footers. Um yeah, I think I mean, and I don't think he's there right now as a player. I'm just thinking like when he when you can get to the point where you can like have a mid, a 10 to 12 foot game like an SGA, a Trey Young, mm-hmm. whatever, like that becomes a pretty big counter to that.
1: Yes, oh, oh absolutely. I mean, it's the it's what they're giving you, you know. Right. And and again, we've watched we watched DeAngelo Russell on the Warriors. Yep. Give the Wolves 50 yep. because that's what the Wolves gave. They're like all day. You can take as many 16 footers as you want against us, and that's what particularly a bad team like the Spurs is like, they're not going to be able to run a real diversity of coverages, right? They're just going to be like, we're going to give you this and we're going to try and take away the rim uh, with with Victor. And it is to that, like, it's kind of like a zone, man. It is about movement, it body and, and ball movement. So, you know, to that end, another test. And the Spurs are a bad team, but they're not like decimated by injuries or faking injuries right now. I, I, yeah. I watched the game. From a couple days ago uh, against the Kings. I don't know if somebody got hurt in their most recent game or anything. I think but they like, be they're still trying a little I think bit. maybe Kelvin
2: Johnson got benched, and that is totally me off like seeing a Spurs reporter tweeted. Yeah. I think Kelvin Johnson got benched.
1: Okay. Which he's not good. So Yeah. I watched a game against the Kings on Friday. The I Jazz game. Was. I
2: think on Sunday they benched Kelden Johnson.
1: Or Just didn't, like like bench for, for a half. play.
2: Okay. I don't know, Dane. I saw a Twitter headline. Yeah,
1: okay, okay, okay. No, no. That's, I I I didn't know if you meant like he was hurt or or not. No. But... No, 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 no. No, no. It was a benching.
2: Okay. Okay. For well, the
1: tweet. Broadly, they're still playing and they're like they're still trying. They just don't have a lot of. He balance. only played 4 minutes in the game. Okay. And I don't think it's cuz he got hurt. Interesting. Interesting. Well, um as always it is fun to watch Victor play through. Like that that even in the context of a bad Spurs team. I I'm, I'm looking forward to to seeing that um at target center tonight jason yeah, and I he's a he's a great he's like a physical specimen where he's gonna do something tonight where we're like wow well and and he's doing it more and more often yeah like the yep. he, i mean he's he's just getting the nba game now like what he needs to do and how he's gonna be most successful he, and it's not like it's not like a like a fun to like ooh like wow that's a, like he's good like yes. it's like yep it's yep. doing that stuff and it's uh and it's impactful i mean him and Rudy lead the league in neverminds from my yeah. test of there. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot of that. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the wolves go against Victor at the rim. And then also how they decide to, to go about guarding him because he's kind of a, you know, a different, and, and the Spurs beat him. Spurs beat him last time. The wolves, wolves played him too. So it's, uh, I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't like, a, this isn't just like a, a gimme. So um, we'll watch that tonight. Uh, Jason, and I'll be there. Britt and I will talk about it um, tomorrow morning and we'll kind of, Continue our streak of back-to-backs, double-header games, and uh, and keep going here. But Jace, I uh, appreciate you doing it. Thanks, man. See you tonight. Uh, all right, uh, Reed, check out that Conley Corner thing from Jace. Uh, you're reading him at, at the Pioneer Press, following him on Twitter at Jace Frederick. I'm Dane at Dane Moore MBA until Wednesday morning with Peace Jace. I'm Dane.
3: How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it off so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody
1: else around, yeah.